social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. Hello. Happy belated Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day to you, to our moms, to all, all the moms, moms out there. <laughs> we have a jam-packed episode that we're so excited to share with you. We have Titania Jordan from Bark, and we have Heather Freiser from Likeable Media joining us. So lots of guests. All the moms. All the moms. What did you get your mom for Mother's Day, Jen? <laughs> I got Donna a dry bar straightening brush. Oh, I've always wanted one of those. I'm so jealous. I should have bought a second one for myself. I was going to say, will you be my mom? <laughs> you wish. Um, I'm really excited for her to use it. What did you get your mom? I got my mom a card that probably hasn't arrived yet. Maybe it will by the time the episode comes out. Um, and I also got her a digital cookbook. Oh, that's that sweet. That has like chefs talking about recipes their moms would make. I can't wait to see what she makes. I know, me too. Well, yeah, so speaking of Mother's Day gifts, um, I saw something funny from an e-commerce analytics firm, Profitero, mm-hmm. and they've been tracking Amazon searches for the past seven weeks. And the top three search terms have been toilet paper, <laughs> face masks and hand sanitizer yeah that makes sense it makes sense but it was recently toilet paper was dethroned by a new search gifts for mom also makes sense (laughs) i will say when i saw mother's day gifts and face masks in the same sentence i initially thought people were searching for like spa day beauty (laughs) face masks yeah yeah i can see that i remembered where we are in the world yeah 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 (laughs) so what are people sending their moms So some of the searches on Amazon, people were searching for a prayer for my mom. Wall hanging was very popular. Okay. Birthstone necklaces were very popular. Love that. And then a what I love about mom fill in the blank gift journal. Those things are so funny. Yeah. Did you see Carrie got one? Yeah, I did. On Instagram. She was posting about it. I did. That's hysterical. Yep. So despite everything that's going on, people are still buying gifts from their mom and there's actually projected to be more money spent this year than last year, mm. a spike of 8.5%. Since people can't be with their moms and cook them breakfast in bed, I guess sending something is the next best option. I think so. Nice. Yeah, like I sent my mom a cookbook. Right. But there was a lot of cookbook drama this weekend. I know. With Are we one gonna... internet mom in particular. Yeah, let's talk about Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, so Chrissy Teigen and Allison Roman got in a bit of an internet fight mm-hmm. based on something that Allison said in an interview right. that was um, putting Chrissy down a little bit. Yeah, so we don't really want to talk about the scuffle itself. Right. But what we do want to highlight is that since, as of Sunday evening, Chrissy made her Twitter, her very popular Twitter account, private so she can take a little break from social media and i think that ties in nicely with the topic of today's episode because titania talks to us a lot about you know using the bark technology to recognize cyberbullying, and parents are often so concerned about their children's internet activity and i think you know obviously chrissy teigen is a huge celebrity and is prone to a lot more cyberbullying, cyberbullying and abuse but that it can happen to parents too and that parents need to be a little bit more conscious of their screen time and the kind of things that they're posting on social media as well. I think it speaks volumes about mental health and the role social media plays in that. Absolutely. So we already mentioned to Tanya, she is the CMO and chief parent officer of the tool Bark, which is a social media text message email monitoring tool 
that parents can use to really track their kids' activity online. We talk a lot about all the platforms that the kids are on and, you know, what they're doing on social media, but I was also really inspired by this episode, hearing Titania talk about just how hard it is to be a mom. Yeah. And how hard it is to keep track of kids who have all this technology at their fingertips now. And I wanted to highlight a specific social network that's actually for moms. Mm -hmm. And it's called Peanut. And it houses discussion boards and creates opportunities for moms to connect with each other in groups or Mm. individually for them to talk about what they're going through and get advice. Yeah. And one thing that the company has said that they've seen an increase in lately is conversations about IVF. There are lots of women right now who have their treatments paused. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine what that feels like. Especially when Mother's Day rolls around. Right. So Peanut actually put out a video addressing these hardships and kind of redefining what it like what it's like to be a mom and what the meaning of Mother's Day is. It's a super emotional video that I think displays a really great range of different types of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a single mom, a mixed ability mom, a could be mom, a mom to be, a mom who's lost her mom. Mm-hmm. And they use footage from the women that are actually on the app. Yeah, yeah. And there's really powerful, real, compelling footage of what the women are going through right now. On the topic of vulnerability and transparency, I was so touched about how open Titania was I know. with us on this episode. I know. And I am honestly so excited for our listeners to hear it because I know that I learned a ton and walked away feeling like I wanted to do more. And I hope that they everyone learned something from this. Yeah, you and me both. Let's cue it up. Hello. Hello. Hi, Titania. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are doing great. We are so happy to have you on our special themed Mother's Day episode. Oh my gosh. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So we're going to jump right into the speed round as per usual. Are you ready? I'm ready to rock. What is your favorite social network? Instagram. What is your go-to emoji? The pink heart with the yellow sparkles. Yes. (laughs) Twitter or TikTok? TikTok. Stories or feed? Stories. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh my gosh, the necklet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole story about the necklet. I have a sketch that I drew like four years ago that looks exactly like it. And it's driving me crazy that I didn't pursue the idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel you. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, next up is favorite meme. <laughs> Sorry, clearly clearly still resonates. This is the one where the woman the woman is lying just in the middle of the street, uh, face to the side, off uh, like yes. on her belly and it says I'm fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> Particularly relevant right now. Yes. <laughs> Okay, this is our favorite question. It's 2005, and you're on MySpace. <laughs> Who's number one on your top eight? <laughs> I'm such a nerd, but I'm going to say Tom, because, <laughs> you know, he created the thing, and I wanted to give him props. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to I now. hope Tom's well. <laughs> Someone should check in on him. <laughs> I wonder if Tom's on Instagram. (laughs) Or TikTok. Or TikTok. Could you imagine if Tom started a TikTok channel and went viral? I would love that. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so that was the speed round. And moving into the interview, um, I mentioned as we picked up the phone that you were a perfect, a perfect guest for our Mother's Day episode. And I want you to tell us a little bit about why, specifically about Bark, um, where you work, and why it was founded and how it worked. Sure. Yeah. So Bark is technology that keeps children safer online and in real life through monitoring of social media, text messages, and email, plus through screen time controls that give the ability to, to pause the internet, set bedtimes, and add filtering. And it's incredible because we uh, now protect over 5 million children across the nation. Wow. Yeah. And we're in over 2,100 school districts across the nation. So um, it's, 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 it, it's incredible. I love the backstory too. Our CEO, Brian Basin is a dad of two and couldn't find the best way to keep his own two boys safer online. Mm -hmm. You know, he was working at Twitter at the time, has an extensive background in tech and social media, looked at the landscape and was like, wow, there's, there's no good options out here. Mm -hmm. So he had took a big leap of faith, left Twitter, started Bark. And I'm um, just thrilled to be along for the ride. How long has the company been around now? Five years. Five so, years. Yeah, wow. July 2015, the company started. After we launched our Bark for Schools platform in 2018, it really, really took off. Um, we've got, I'm, I'm sorry, let me tell my family to be quiet because you hear them in the background. <laughs> yes, yeah, a little bit. It's kind of endearing though. Podcast, <laughs> please do not do anything with doors and sounds. So yeah, in, in 2018, um, we launched Bark for Schools, a free product for any school in the nation that would use it on the wake of the Parkland tragedy, mm -hmm. because we realized we already had this tech for families and yeah. it could help schools and um, schools needed it and they adopted it rapidly. How did you find your way to Bark? Well, so I have worked uh, at the intersection of parenting and technology and media for my whole career. As the, the first job I landed at a college was at local radio station here in Atlanta, and I never looked back. Bark is my fourth startup that I've been a part of. Okay. And so, um, yeah, through our, our shared networks of, again, tech and families, mm -hmm. Brian and I connected. And once I heard about his backstory, his success uh, in his previous startups, the mission, the impact, and where this was going, it was it was a no-brainer to join. Yeah, it seems um, like the most perfect fit. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, startups are not easy. The, the startup life is a grind. It is hard. It's a big decision to jump back into one. Um, and I was honestly reconsidering even living that startup life anymore. Mm. But this changed my whole perspective on it. And I'm so glad I did. I guess tell us more about what platforms are covered by Bark. Yeah, I, I want to hear a little bit too about like what the differences are between the school mm. platforms and what parents can do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the Bark for Families product monitors over 30 social media platforms, text messages, and email. And it's less about what the platform monitors and more about what does it monitor? Because yeah. I mean, I can list all 30 plus for you, but mm -hmm. it, we're, and we're evolving every day. I mean, when we first started the company, TikTok didn't exist. Right. Now it does and we monitor it. The, the way to think about it is, you know, Bark for Families suite of, of products and services monitors and covers your family's personal devices and accounts. So your kid goes to school, they bring their smartphone with them to school, Bark for Families covers it. Mm -hmm. Bark, Bark for Schools 
covers the school-issued devices and accounts. So school issues a Chromebook or a ThinkPad or uh, gives every kid a Google Gmail address or the Microsoft 365 suite of applications. That's where Bark for Schools comes in to monitor the school-issued devices and accounts, which you know, a lot of families don't realize kids are using, you know, Google Docs to bully each other. One thing I, I want to hear about these these threats that you're talking about, identifying the threats. Park also provides parents with resources, right, to help talk about some of these threats. Will you tell us a little bit about that side of the business? Absolutely. Yeah, we um, realize the burden that now lives uh, on our plates as parents parenting in a tech world. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't want to just surface a problem without giving a solution. Definitely. It's not easy to tell a parent, hey, your uh, child has potentially been sexting or has been contacted by an online predator or is struggling with mental health. And so we consulted you know, the leading child health and wellness experts to give us recommendations for how do you deal with this? How do you address this? Because another element of society that really needs to be improved is access to mental health care, especially in rural areas. If you get a bark alert, you'll also get best recommended next steps for how to address and how to talk to your child. I read this article a couple of weeks ago that was talking about Google Docs being the new AIM chat rooms. And I remember all of the crazy things I was stirring up in a chat room. (laughs) I can only imagine how much more creative these kids can be these days. And as a parent, how concerning that is. Do parents tell their kids that they're monitoring it? So our hope is that parents are open with their children about the use of BART, much like, you know, you don't hide the fact that you need your kid to wear a bicycle helmet Mm. when they hop on their bike. And they have to wear their seatbelt when they're in the car, period, the end. And so Bark is is a safety tool for your kids' digital devices and digital lives. And if you do try to implement Bark without talking to your child, chances are they're going to eventually find out, right? Because you're going to get an alert. You're going to go talk to them. They're going to wonder how you knew about that. Right. I love that analogy you made with the the bike helmet or the seatbelt. It's just a tool to keep you safe online. It befuddles me how strong of a job we do as parents protecting our kid from every little thing, whether it's pesticides or BPA or, I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. And then we hand them these iPads and we're like, have fun on YouTube. You know, it's like, ah. I'm curious about trends and acronyms. You know, I just heard you say we don't read every text message, but it'll be identified if they're talking about something that is concerning. And we know that kids can get crafty and, you know, spell things out in acronyms. I'm seeing now on TikTok Emojis. the different hand gestures yeah. that mean different things. How do you keep up with these kind of trends and innovation that's coming from the kids? <laughs> yeah. So um, that speaks to the artificial intelligence that really is the engine behind the success of Bark. So we don't have, you know, 50,000 people sitting in a computer lab looking at all your kids' stuff to send you alerts. We use uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms to scan, analyze the context, and then alert you when when there's an issue. Um, If your child, you know, is is talking about meeting somebody at the school bus, you know, and doing X, Y, and Z, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. But if your child is talking about taking the school bus and... Uh, our algorithm detects 
that they actually mean taking a Xanax because it is yellow and kind of looks like a school bus. That's that's the differentiator there. And wow. The, yeah, I know. And even you should like- have seen our faces just now. My <laughs> eyes just got so big. I was uh-huh. like, oh my god, I had no idea. And I like uh, to think we're pretty, pretty well, we're pretty hip. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so our algorithm picks up on these recurrences and. Uh, when when there is something new, we'll be able to, to shine a spotlight on it and then educate families and, and figure out how to go from there. That leads me to a question. Do you think that parents should be on the social networks the kids that their kids are, like Instagram and TikTok, to just understand more about what they're doing online and the kind of content they're consuming? Or do you think they should totally stay out of it and just let the technology do the work? Don't let them navigate something that the entire world is on 24-7, 365 without taking a gander. I mean, like, check it out. What does it do? What can it do? And if you're not comfortable downloading it and getting familiar with it, Google it. Watch a YouTube, you know, overview of what is Instagram? How does it work? Are there Instagram dangers? Like, you have got to know what the dangers are of the, the places that your children are hanging out digitally, just like you do where they are in real life. It's funny because I am not a mom yet, um, but I was on the phone with my dad last week and I told him (laughs) he should get an Instagram account because he loves to cook and he always sends me recipes and he said, oh, I don't, I don't know how it works. And then a couple days later, I got a follow on Instagram (laughs) and I kind of feel like a parent of like, okay, does he know what to do? Like, does he know how to identify if account is a bot or if it's real? Like, Like, I worry about my grandmother who has a Facebook, right? I'm like, I'm also worried about telemarketers calling her house, but I feel like there are ways that we should all be kind of working together and learning from each other. We really do. I mean, it's, it's digital citizenship, right? Right. I want to talk about the different stages of parenthood and the different stages of the child's life and how social media plays a role in that. Yeah. So um, your children, once they're born, you know, before they can even speak, they're watching your every move. And if you are constantly on your phone in front of them while they're playing, um, they're going to pick up on that habit. They're going to just notice, you know, mom or dad is always in front of their phone. Right. And it's not something we can avoid. That's our life. But just be cognizant of the fact that eye-to-eye contact, mirroring human emotion is so critical in the first five years of a child's life. And you will convey more by what you do than what you say. Mm-hmm. So just try to, you know, set a good, strong example for them when you're with them. You know, if it's dinner time. Don't have your phone anywhere near the table. That way you don't have to reach for it when you're bored. Uh, then as they're you know older and they, they just think mom and dad are the coolest ever and they want to do everything that they say and do, um, be cognizant of the fact that if you're always like, you know, taking selfies and showcasing your family's best and most beautiful moments and commenting about how many likes you got or or talking with your significant other about, oh my gosh, did you see Sally's so-and-so? Like what a fill in the blank. Like they are picking up on those behaviors and they're learning what society or you find valuable. And if you're finding your value and self-worth in social cred, that's going to be a big problem as they get older. Um, then they learn how to read and write. And it's one thing to give your kid an iPad and then they maybe stumble upon some problematic content. It's another thing when they can start to read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talking to them about the concept of tricky people online 
and how not everybody is who they say they are. And you should never, ever, ever give out PII. That's personally identifiable information. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a core topic that you'll need to continue to raise uh, even into the teenage years where you think they should absolutely know better. And so if, in any way, shape or form that you can, you know, it's still an evolving science, but teaching your children the concepts of empathy and uh, putting themselves in someone else's shoes is going to be really critical as they get to those really hard tween and teenage years. I think it's interesting because a lot of the the lessons that you're you're teaching here are the lessons that parents teach their kids no matter what, right? Like, you know, you're learning to be a good friend, you're learning how to respect others. And now it just needs to be seen through this lens of digital connection. I'm thinking about like Highlights Magazine, like reading that (laughs) with my parents when I was younger. And it had all these examples of like, Goofus and Gallant, like Goofus did this, but Gallant did this, like the right and the wrong way. And I'm thinking like what that looks like now for kids and how to digitize that. You're so right. Yeah, it's the core concepts that keep humanity in harmony. It's just transferred to the digital landscape aspect of it. And um, moving on up the the age range, again, I said this was long, but I'm trying to keep it trying to keep it tight. You know, it, you know, in the eight to 13 year old age range, kids are getting Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok. And so again, reinforcing tricky people, but perhaps now using the more grown up name for it, which are online predators, uh, talking about self-worth and self-confidence and how uh, we don't gain our self-worth and self-confidence from how many friends we have. And, you know, that reciprocation of kindness. We, we don't say anything about anyone online that we wouldn't, you know, say mm-hmm. in front of our grandmother or wouldn't want their grandmother to see we said about them. Um, and also, nobody thinks that they're going to need to talk to their nine-year-old about pornography, but you do because right. they're going to encounter it much earlier than you did and with much more frequency and intensity. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine clearly not ready to have those conversations. <laughs> and then coming back to just mental health, myself included, I think a lot of parents feel that they have to be strong for their kids. Mm-hmm. They can't let them see them be weak or cry or struggle with anxiety or depression or fill in the blank. Kids are smarter than you give them credit for. They know when something's off with mom yep. or dad. And if you can be honest with them about your struggles, it'll help them be open with you uh, if and when they struggle. And yeah, just having that that conversation to remove the stigma around mental health, much like, you know, you scrape your knee, you put a Band-Aid on, you have diabetes, you take insulin. If your brain or your heart uh, are struggling and they need help, whether it's therapy or medicine, you get it the help it needs. And that's it's as simple as that. I'm kind of tearing up. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's just it's- so powerful. I mean, the message behind it is exactly what we wanted the listeners to hear. We know you're a mom yourself. Yeah. So it, I guess tell us more about like how your personal experience, yeah. like as a mom, what have you had to face with your kids going through this as they grow up? You know, I uh, had postpartum depression and anxiety when my son was born. And so the first five months of his life, I was a wreck. And Mm -hmm. I was too afraid to take medicine that could have helped me because uh, for a variety of reasons, including the fact that that I was breastfeeding and I was worried that it would transfer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, in hindsight, I should have just taken the darn pill, but I didn't know. And I wasn't in my right mind. Thankfully, the, the clouds parted and I was able to, to manage it. But, you know, and then it, it surfaced a few years later and he was old enough now to 
understand, oh, wait, my mom's not okay. Mm -hmm. And that that scared me so bad because I thought, oh, my gosh, if I can't be there for my kid, how's that going to rock his world? Right. And uh, you know, I got the help I needed. I, I started on a great regimen. And I'm stronger and healthier because of it. Because P.S. It's only going to get harder. <laughs> like you know, people think that you know the, there's terrible twos, and honestly, it's terrible threes. Those are rough, rough times. But the the teenage years and the tween years are really hard because your kids are basically your height and weight. You can no longer put them in timeout. Right. Um, they're, they're really smart. They can probably out argue you and you're just at a loss and it's um it's just really hard i'm not going to lie so the more open and honest you can be with them about your thoughts your feelings how their actions can impact you it can help them again to understand empathy and how you know they aren't just living in a bubble their mm-hmm. their words and actions have impact uh, on those that they love so that's key that's great advice We grew up in this environment where we were the social savvy ones. Our parents were not. And I think there's a lot of differences. You've already highlighted a handful of them that differ between generations for parenting and and growing up in a more digital savvy type of environment. So I'm just curious, how do you think parenting is pivoting or or evolving? evolving? Yeah, Yeah. that's the good word for it. What types of parenting evolutions have there been or have you seen? You know, just just speaking to TikTok, I mean, it's actually been a great way for parents to bond with their kids, you know, um, (laughs) doing dances and laughing together. I mean, I won't let my son have the TikTok app on his phone because he's 11. But when I stumble upon, you know, a funny one with a dog or something, I'll send him the the URL. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll have to go into Bark and uh, change the filter for social media so that he's allowed to look at the link Mm. and then change it back. But, you know, it's, it's fun and it it allows for bonding, but then it also opens up the conversations of, wait, mom, why can't I have this app? And then I talk about, you know, well, because three videos down, somebody used the blank word. And then this other person's emulating lyrics from a song that are just not appropriate. And then Mm -hmm. this other uh, video is completely, you know, over-sexualized and it's just not, it's not right for you right now, buddy. And the end, I think that just how parenting has evolved in this just over the past 10 years is that it's, it's pretty mind blowing, right? We used to take kids to restaurants without having a digital device to occupy them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And like, if you needed somebody in another room, you would call for them or get up and go to them. Now you text them. I mean, it's, uh, it's a fascinating experience in human sociology and psychology. And I, I think it's actually too early to tell what the implications are going to be. Yeah, definitely. We're a living experiment, honestly. (laughs) I have to remind myself that most days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that speaks to the fact too. It's like, it's okay if you don't know what you're doing because nobody does. We're the only generation in the history of parenting and the history of parents living on this planet to be dealing with this. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no manual. So Give yourself some grace. I was on the Bark site and I was reading about the platforms that you all support. And it's just interesting to see how some of the APIs don't even allow, allow you to have access to some of the like messaging tools or the engagement tools themselves. And I was like, that's mind blowing to me. Don't they want the kids to be safe? Like, come on. It feels like a no brainer. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think until the people who created those platforms and are driving the product roadmaps for those platforms have children have themselves, kid, yeah. yeah, they're not going to realize the issues. And um, honestly, all of these platforms are just one major PR nightmare away from mm -hmm. reaching out to us. And it's so, so sad. It's going to take that, but it's 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 really maddening. But I I have hope. I am an optimist. I, do I was going to say. Yeah, I don't want to end on a on a sad note. It's so not it's sad. sad. <laughs> I think it's, it's um empowering to think about yeah. the opportunities. Yeah, ahead. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean these these platforms can still be successful, can still make a lot of money, can have shareholder value, and acquiesce to what's best for the youngest members of their community. You know, mm -hmm. they want to turn a blind eye to the fact that there are kids under thirteen on their platforms, but you can't do that for much longer. It's growing. Mm -hmm. Wow. This was, I am so happy to have you on the show. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're only here for so long. Let's be kind to each other. Let's help each other. Let's do the best we can with, with what we've been given. And, you know, we've, <laughs> we've got a new generation to raise. Yeah, <laughs> that we do. That we do. <laughs> so we have Heather Freiser here, who is the VP of content at Likewell Media and she's a mom of three herself. Heather, do you want to tell us a little bit about your concerns and your approach to online safety with your own kids? So my kids are, uh, how old are my kids? Wait, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about the question and then I forgot my kids' ages. So my kids are three, almost four, seven, and 10. And I'm kind of right, like right in the middle of that, uh, the crux of it, in that my four-year-old probably knows how to navigate YouTube better than right. I do. Uh, my 10 year old is on TikTok all day long. Um, and my seven year old is playing Roblox. And so, you know, for me, especially right now, um, social media is a big part of their lives. Um, whether it be me creating accounts for them, my seven year old tells me he wants to be a YouTube star and watches Ryan all day. <laughs> And, and he can be. He probably will be. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. He's telling me he's making a room that's a studio in the house. I'm terrified. But Oh, know, my God. It's, it's crazy. But, I, you know, it's one of those things where I want to – I'm impressed by it. You know, I think that they're very – I think the thing that's really interesting is kids are very um, entrepreneurial right now online. Mm -hmm. I love seeing Ella make TikTok videos. I think it's great. But then you, you know, for every TikTok video she makes, there are 12 articles about how it's a breeding ground for predators. And right. so for me, it was really interesting, you know, being someone who's so immersed in social media and content to then have this learning moment as a parent where I'm trying to navigate parental controls on TikTok. And like, that's hard, right? It's that thing. Right. She's too young to be using TikTok. So she needs to be using it through an account with my supervision. But in the reality of life, like I can turn my back while I'm on this podcast and she's got six more TikToks up. Like, I think one thing that surprised me in the interview with Titania was we talked a lot about parents' habits. Right. I kind of expected, you know, for us to be talking a lot about just like what the kids are doing on social media. But we talked a lot about how they are growing up and learning from their parents, seeing them taking selfies um, if they're on the couch using second screens and we know children are like these, such these sponges and raising kids now, these are the considerations that, you know, never were a part of our, like, of it before. Right, yeah, exactly. like we didn't see our parents taking selfies. No, like, absolutely not. Heather, are you taking selfies in front of your kids? <laughs> they, are they learning from you? <laughs> 
Oh no. Oh, selfies. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think I learned more from them lately to be honest. Right. It's really, um, yes, they definitely follow my habits. I have a phone obsession and I feel really terrible because I think that I gave that to my three-year-old. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because I would deny this in every single mom group you could ever imagine. <laughs> but so would every other mom and they're doing it too. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like that's, it's not just you. I'm sure of that. Well, so you mentioned you have a phone addiction. We're curious. We know you wrote an article recently for the Likeable blog about your favorite moms to follow on social media. And we we're hoping you could give us a little teaser about some of them. Oh my gosh, sure. I would love to. So I'm going to give you, I'll give you three of them. Okay, because, perfect. Uh, because I'm not going to go into all of them and we've got limited time here. The first one here is Kat and Nat. Um, they are Canadian moms. They started out just kind of making videos in their car. They had this series that would come out on Facebook every week called Mom Truths. It is amazing. It is pretty much anything that you your mom your mom is thinking that you are thinking. Uh, they are also thinking it and saying it out loud. Um, my husband <laughs> actively rolls his eyes every time he sees me watching it. But they, they're really awesome in that they also have um they've got a podcast now as well. They've got a book. They've got um. I was going to say, they've kind of blown up. I've seen them on ads, like on Hulu, mm -hmm. for, I think it was laun a laundry detergent. Yeah, they're, um, they've kind of been everywhere. I think they also have a game, um, which I don't wow. have. So, you know, <laughs> ideas. My second is a little bit more obscure. Um, Tommy <laughs> Owl um, is the handle. Its primary platform is Twitter. And uh, her name is Lauren Lauder. She's a freelance writer. She was a professor for years. Um, but she has these brilliant, brilliant tweets um, about mom life. And uh, if you follow her on Twitter, uh, you'll you'll definitely find some good gems. I'm trying to find some recent ones. Right and say, now. read read your favorite for us. <laughs> so the one that I put in the article was um, more quarantine related. On the bright side, my kids haven't knocked over their waters at a restaurant. A single I can relate. They just knock over stuff in the house now. Yeah, I, I think she's wonderful. And, you know, it, she's got that kind of real, like, sarcastic, like, one line to sum up everything mm -hmm. is beautiful for Twitter. So mm -hmm. she's wonderful. I would recommend her. Um, my third mom to follow is Tiffany Jenkins. She's really interesting. Um, her handle is Juggling the Jenkins. Um, and uh, you can find her on Facebook and on Instagram. What's really interesting about her is uh, she definitely plays up mom imperfections. So um, she's mm. battled with addiction. She talks about openly about anxiety and depression, which so many moms face. So um, definitely important to be getting that out there. And she, um, she's got a really funny series called Me Versus Anxiety, which is her and a really anxious version of herself going back and forth. Um, basically playing off every worry that every anxious mother has. Which, being one of those, it's really, really fun. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that one because we talk with Titania in the episode about, you know, the idea of motherhood and the anxiety and how it kind of, you think the terrible twos and the terrible threes are the worst part and it never <laughs> really gets easier. And I love that this account your fault that you recommended and really all of them tie into like the harsh truths and the realities of what it's like to be a mom. I love the keeping it real aspect of all of them. Well, I think that's really interesting because when you think about social media as a whole, right, um, what you're seeing is so many of these mom accounts going back to that version of keeping it real. 
after years on social of everyone comparing themselves to other right. media, social media. And so I think you've seen the scale shift so much more in the other direction, thankfully, um, mm-hmm. that we're not just posting the most beautiful moments of our lives. We are posting our kids with their pants down potty training. Um, <laughs> and that's okay because we're all in it together and we're all struggling. And I think, um, I think social is the place to kind of share that community and share those worries for sure. We're so happy to have you on our Mother's Day episode, Heather. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thanks so much. All the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies. All the social ladies.